You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Andre. What? <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking Rose Hall Run Defiant Pinot Noir. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty good. What year? It is... 2016. Oh, young. Very young. I uh, was just recently at the winery, and I will be writing about that shortly on andrewinerview.ca. That's uh, that's like almost infanticide. Well, I mean, it's their entry-level Pinot, right? Yeah. Oh, hang on. Give it another, give it another year, at least. All right, so I'm what just, are we up to tonight? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What are we up to tonight? Um... Well, I had a Hooper's Cloudy Lemonade. Thanks for asking. Oh, uh, I, I, I don't really care what you're drinking. So, if, if you've never had it, it's a lemonade out of England. It's really good. And um, fairly inexpensive and uh, not a lot of booze, but tastes like lemonade. So, And better than Mike's Hard. Um, yes. That sounds kind of dirty, but I'm, I'm going to just run right over that one. When's the last time you drank a Mike's Hard Lemonade? Because honestly, I don't think I've touched that stuff since I was 19. Uh, I don't know when the last time I had. I, you know what? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if I've ever actually finished a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Well, there we go. I think, I think somebody may have given me a can or a bottle and I've gone, and then that's it. That's where that all thing ends. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, that was what, your Alexa? That's my Alexa. And what oh, did, she added some, she added Mike's, hard, again. yeah, she added Mike's hard lemonade to your shopping list. No, she actually added, I think a gun. That's okay. We're off on a oh. hard tangent right now. Let's, let's reel this back in. We're, we're here right, to do, so, we're here to introduce another uh, interview with uh, a foreign winemaker. A foreign winemaker. Yes. A foreign winemaker from Sardinia. Uh, her name is Valentina, and you know what? We should get right into this because you and I are going to mangle her last name, and we just have to mention that Valentina is very soft-spoken, so hopefully you may want to turn up your speakers a little bit. I know. it was. Um, we had the microphone set up in a very live room. Um, I mean, we're still fairly new to bringing the equipment on the road and, and limited with uh with what we do so you know what you can throw me under the bus there is a bit of an echo here uh but hopefully you're listening to this on headphones uh the audio quality should still be good enough that you can hear everything that she's saying we are here with valentina um how do you pronounce that last name Arjolas. okay she's from sardinia and you're going to tell us a little bit about the winery and then we're going to drink okay sound good first yes of course I would like to explain first where we are. Sardinia is the second largest island in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, in the middle of the Mediterranean, we have our um, unicity in uh, history, in, in land, in culture, in language, and in wine, of course. We started producing wine in 1938 with my grandfather, Antonio, and he, he inherited three hectares from his father and he started his adventuring wine, producing wine in bulk from France, Germany, and Northern Italy. And the uh, beginning of the end of the 70s, my grandfather, my father, and my uncle decided, with my grandfather, of course, to change our uh, idea, idea of production, uh, moving to the Ambalk wine in uh, Argiola's brand, a focus only in uh, traditional varieties. This is what our aim 
and this is our idea of production to have wine with international with traditional varieties but with an international taste so when you're talking about uh, traditional varieties you're not talking Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot uh, Sauvignon Blanc nothing like no, that no. what are the varieties we're talking about here for example for white uh, variety I'm think about uh, Vermentino is becoming one of the most famous Italian wine grape in the world as a, or a Spanish or ori uh, oriental origin in Sardinia for many centuries or uh, Nuragus and Nascos, the native grape from Nuragic civilization for thousand years ago or uh, moving to the red, uh, I can, we can talk about Canonau, of course, uh, another most important and famous grape, red grape or uh, Bovale or Monica, a female grape from South Sardinia, or Carignan, of course. So is there a quiz at the end of this that we have to remember? You have all to remember the right variety. variety. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you well, have to actually, study. <laughs> actually, I sat uh, with Valentina today and we tasted uh, oh, we eight, seven, six. Six. Okay. Uh, six of your wines, and every one of them was, was wonderful. So you told a story about your grandfather who lived to 103, and he had a philosophy of why he lived so long. Yes. And so that, for somebody like myself who would like to live to 103, what is his philosophy? First of all, you have to live in, uh, to come to Sardinia and live in Sardinia. <laughs> then, if you don't want to do that, you're finished. You're <laughs> okay. done. You're good. No, 90, but that's you it. You can uh, try to do that, having a very active uh, life, make movement every day, uh, eat healthy food and uh, as a positive attitude to the life, no? not pessimist, very far to the bad things and uh, of I, course... I'm out on that one obviously. <laughs> no, so, yeah. you're smart, yeah, you're yeah, very positive yeah, and optimistic. So. <laughs> and then the most important is to drink one glass of Canonau every day because <laughs> Canonau is the wine that contains the um, very um, most important percentage in antioxidant elements. There you go. See, it's kind of now that has the, the biggest percentage of antioxidants. <laughs> so you got to drink this stuff. All right. So um, I see Andre drinking the uh, Vermentino. So let's start with that. This is actually the first wine you ever made, correct? Uh, yes, it was. A... Not, not this particular bottle, obviously, was... but in 1938, yes. correct? Or in... No, the first vintage was 89. Okay. 89. And the name of the wine? The name of the wine came from the vineyard that we have in Tergenta area and where we uh, where was my grandfather Antonio that planted the first Vermentino in this area. He took the Vermentino from the north part of Sardinia and he understood before the other producer the potentiality of this kind of grape in the south, planted the grape in the south and uh, this is, was the, the first wine that we produced. So Andre, you've said very little. What do you think of this wine? It's really interesting. Um, it's got a lot of pear notes on the nose, a little bit of spice. It's uh, it's it's a little light on the palate. It's nice, but there's a good intensity of the fruit. I really enjoy this. What's the alcohol on that? Hmm. Ooh, uh, it tastes like it's it's a little warm. I guess fourteen. It is fourteen. Yes, yeah, right. Uh, but I mean, it's not warm in a, in a bad way. I mean, this, this wine is probably a little warmer than it was when you guys tasted it yeah, this it was afternoon. A little cold. Yeah, but, but the great thing about it is it, 
I mean, if it's a 33 degree day on the patio in, in Toronto and you take this out of the fridge and you sit on the patio and forget to put it back in, it still tastes pretty yeah, good. When it, was ni- when it was nice and cold, there was no way you picked the alcohol up. It was, it was that kind of balanced white. Now, I, I, I'm, the one thing I'm always curious about, because it, it's fascinating when you have people who are working with indigenous grapes and it's great when you have the local market and they get used to your label, but when you're coming to a place like Canada and you're trying to describe these indigenous grapes to Canadians, what would you say is the closest comparison for uh, Vermentino? Oh, Vermentino, now we don't need to, to, to compare with the other because Vermentino is in France, it's in Liguria, it's in, Tos- in Piemont, in Tuscany, also the, the winemakers are plenty of Vermentino in California or Australia, it becomes very famous. Maybe sometimes we are difficult with the other native mm-hmm. indigenous variety because we can't compare with the other. The unicity is our characteristic. Well, I'm looking forward to getting into the red wines. Oh yeah, the red wines are fantastic. And we'll get into them in a minute, but uh, Andre is, um, I've been to Italy a number of times. Andre has one, never been, and, and is a self-admitted Italian ignorant. So, But not for lack of trying. No. I, mean, I like Italian wines when, yes, I, when I taste them. It's been really nice to discover some Chianti Classical, Classico, because of my conversation with you and with Michael Goodell while you guys were there, that led me to go and try some of those wines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Italian wines, because there's so many indigenous yes. varietals to work with, can be a little overwhelming to someone who would maybe gravitate to something a little bit more familiar. Sardinia is one of the regions that have the most important uh, uh, variety of indigenous we have now more than 20, and the researchers said that we have rediscovered more than 100 oh, by a genetical identification. Uh, in Sardinia? Yes. Wow, okay, so are you going to start making with all 100 or no? <laughs> no. Okay, just... <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we're out. So we're going to move to uh, wine number two here, and okay. uh, this is a very important wine yes. uh, for you guys. And uh, again, my Italian really stinks, so I'm going to have you... Uh, tell us what it's called. It's Solinas. And that's the name of the vineyard. It's a Carignano grape. Okay, but it's the name of the vineyard, Is Solinas? Is Solinas is the name of the vineyard when we have a Carignano in the south part of Sardinia, it's Sulci's area. Carignano is a very important variety because it's a wine that grows in its own roots. San Sulci's area is the one of the only area in Europe when Philosera doesn't attach the plant, we, we, we can plant the the vine in its own root, which so this is that's this preserved is, the biodiversity. Of so this is ungrafted vines, right? Grown yes. in a sandy yes. soil. Yes, yes. Um, that's interesting. System. Yes. And the interesting part that I learned, I always thought the phylloxera attached itself to the roots and yes. sucked the, the vine dry. Um, but we learned today that it actually creates tunnels yes. around the roots that. Um, I guess allows the, allows too much air to get around, and that's why they they again dry up. But because sandy soil, yes. basically, you know, it's it's it just drops itself on the phylloxera as it makes its tunnels yes. and basically kills the phylloxera. That's interesting. Yeah, this is good wine. <laughs> so, I mean, it's interesting. So this is a 2013 vintage, which means I'm guessing this has been in bottle for a little while. A bottle for this is a 13 and 12 months in New French Oak and okay. then stay in the bottle for more than one year. Wow, and it's still, I mean, once again, this is something that you guys tasted earlier this afternoon. And I mean, the, the tannin is nice and relaxed, it's quite approachable, but it's still, it's still closed off. I mean, there's a lot of uh, black fruit, currant, uh, 
plum. Like it's really dark and, and, and heavy, but it still feels a little close off. And I'm almost curious, it's too bad we don't have all night to see what this would taste like in a few more hours. This is also the wine that we were supposed to drink a glass of every day. Yes. What about a bottle? If you had a bottle of it, would I live to, uh, to 206? Oh, I don't know. We can try. All right. So we're, <laughs> we're in for a bottle a day now, Andre, to see if we will live longer. I'm okay with that. <laughs> is the alcohol lower on this than uh, on the... 14.5. 14.5, uh, okay. So we're in the south of Italy, yeah. so we got the, you know, the hot temperatures yeah, yeah, and... Normal, yes. And, uh, and, and... Uh, but this doesn't have like like the um, the Vermentino was a little bit warm on the back palate. This is just everything is just so well put well, together nice, about this yes. wine. It's, uh, it's but this in this vineyard that's the very important the influence of the beaches because we are at 100 meters to the beach of to the Golfo di Barnes area and the bigger differences between day and night is cushion of the allow us to have a freshness also if you have a 40 degrees during the harvest for example. Yeah. Because we are at this great by the end of September, and we have uh, oh, wow. from 38 to 40. Wow. Valentina had a great idea okay. for, for us. What's that? Everybody in the room, actually. But for us is that we go, and we have to, we have to see her for two days. Yes. And if you remember what yes. we did. So she's going to tell you now why we have to go for two days <laughs> to the winery. We, have one, we dedicate one day to have a tasting, to visit winery in Vinia, and one day on the beach. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. They make, they make yeah. a rosé. They make that vermouth. Oh, you know, okay. I can sit, yes, I can also. sit <laughs> you know, and they and they. Uh, you do now have a hospitality sector yes. part of the winery yeah, that you're starting to do. Yes, yeah, so we'll be ready next year. Excellent. So next year, it's like uh, out there. Yeah. if it's not ready, we can always just curl up in the barrel cellar with the wine, beef, and glass. <laughs> I love this label too, Andre. Yes. Andre, you're always talking about labels. I absolutely love that label. I love that blue. Yeah, it's a very. Yeah, it, it's, on the beach. it's really interesting because on, on one hand, it's a very traditional label with kind of the, the grayscale photo and the labels on it, but the colors are really striking on it, and I really like the gold print on it. Yeah, we would like to represent beach. <laughs> what I. I like shiny things. I mean, I don't make any qualms about that. I'm someone who will gravitate towards a nice label. And if I'm walking through the Italian section, you get a lot of very traditional labels. I mean, the Italians and the French, no offense, are not very adventurous with their their labels compared to new world uh, new yes, world uh, producers. But this is a nice way that uh, you've kind of struck a balance between both. Yes, it's true. So uh, that's also why we don't let Andre walk at night. He sees the headlights <laughs> and he suddenly stops and he's got to go towards them. So, all right. Um, I don't know if, uh, do we have any quorum uh, that we can try before you move on to that? But now that I think about it, there's a very special grape variety that, that and there is a test on this one, Andre, uh, that we're going to, uh, to get right here. It's called quorum. Yes. And uh, I'm pronouncing that correct? Quorum is correct. Okay. Yes. And the grape variety is it's what? You were here earlier. How do you not know that? I do know this. I just want uh, Valentina to tell us because she sounds much better and she has a really lovely Italian accent and everything sounds better in an Italian accent. But the people who listen to our podcast have come to expect you butchering romantic languages. Yes, I know. But uh, And you're not drinking. Is there something wrong? You don't like our company? Uh, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a drop. Oh, okay. That's it. Always drink responsibly. Got it. So this is Coron. Tell us about it. Uh, what makes it so special? It's a Bovale grape. Bovale is one day grape that was abandoned many years ago because the production was very low. It was not convenient for farmers to grow. 
we started to invest it in uh, rediscover first this kind of grape abandoned, planting a different uh, with a muscle selection because you can find this kind of uh, variety in the market. I try to uh, to find the best biotype of Covale, and then uh, in '97, Coren Born is a blend of, because uh, Bovale grape is uh, if you um, not blended with it. The other variety too astringent, too, too much tanning. You have to blend it with the Carignano and um, also both, uh, also Canonal to have more elegance and to have also the richness in color and structure. But you can find above five percent of Covale in each of our grape uh, of our wine. The tannin's a little bit more grippy on this, but it's still very yeah. approachable, and there's a lot of fruit. Uh, just yeah. A little bit more red, a little bit less black. I didn't, nice. I didn't know if I'd ever tried a Bovale before. No. Uh, I've tried their wines before, did not realize that it was it was this kind of indigenous grape. And uh, I just get some of that anise and, and licorice in there as well, uh, a little baker's cocoa. There's, there's a lot of good alter, alternatives to just fruit. And it, it is really interesting that I know when you said earlier that you, we can't really compare these varietals to anything else. And I think it, it's true there's a little bit of like a... Cabernet-esque quality to it, but not really like the fruits don't quite match and you know There's kind of a nice kind of a, a like a cedar note to it. I'm guessing coming from the use of the, the barrels It's just it's just really interesting that I, I Really have a hard time drawing a parallel to this to something that I'm more familiar with And, and the uh, the interesting part about the bottle you can just kind of see it over there It's got a little coin on it. Yeah, and uh, if the story sticks in my head that coin was found on the property Yes, very close to the vineyard. It represented the, as you see in the label, is a goddess of agriculture. It's a, from a Phoenician domination, Sardinia was dominated for different populations during the centuries. Phoenician, Roman, Piemontese, and uh, Arabian, and uh, also Spanish. And each population influences our history and also our wines. And we found this coin and uh, we put on the label because it's a, we consider a corn a female wine. No? Okay. Approachable. Fair enough. Approachable. It's a female wine. Yeah. I don't Why remember, not? I don't, rem <laughs> I don't remember, you know, when I was younger, women being very approachable. But that's no. just, maybe that was just me. So. <laughs> I'm going back to this Vermentino again. Sardinian woman, we can say Oh, that. they're very approachable. So here in Sardinia, they're just very approachable. They're very easygoing. Yes, so much. They're on the beach. You know, they're just there. So, so we're going to move on to our fourth wine. Uh, and this is a Turiga, but not... Uh, I know Andre just got back yeah, from from, uh, <laughs> from Portugal, so it's not Turiga as you would have uh, seen in Portugal. Turiga Nacional. Uh, this is the name of the wine. Um, and... I'll let Valentina tell us a little bit about this one. Yes, Turiga is um, our most important wine and also represents the idea of our production. Turiga was born before the cellar, I said, because the idea when we would like to um, start this new adventure in wine was to produce wine using only uh, traditional varieties, but with international taste, capable of aging well. And in Sardinia, we didn't have a history of wine, of course, capable of aging. And also, the, um, the big effort at the beginning was to analyze which kind of wine was capable. And uh, my father, also the um, important enologist, he was one of the most important enologists in Italy, Takis, analyzed uh, the Canonal grape and um, 
um, selecting the best uh, plant, uh, old plant, uh, no, more, no less than 30 years old, you can have uh, an important wine blended with 85% uh, of this is Toriga is 85% of Cannonale, blended with Carignano mm -hmm. for the elegance, Bovale for the richness in color, and the Malvasia Nera. Malvasia Nera is a grape that grows in the south part of Sardinia and it's a grape that helps the uh, wine to live longer. And the percentages of the on the blend are really small. Like this is eighty-five percent Cabernet. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's Cabernet. Again, the wine. This is is this the wine? Oh, so I'm not. Uh, this, is this the wine I have to drink to live to one hundred and three, yes. or is it the other one, or is it? I would drink this for one hundred and three. A little one to one. Okay, so it's two glasses a day actually, one of each of each wine. So, like the nose is really dominated by like it's like black smoke. It's really really dark and heavy, but you put this in your mouth and it's just so smooth and uh, potent with yeah. all sorts of red fruit. The 2011, so we've got, uh, this one is, is uh, not the current vintage, the current no. vintage is the 12, yes. is it not? Uh, but this just so shows the ageability of this wine. And, and 12 is the current vintage, yes. correct? So yes, yes. we're only five years from vintage dates and that's the one you're selling. So it does rest in bottle for a while too, does it not? Yes, stay in the new French oak before for uh... 24 months and then uh, in bottles you can forget it in uh, the cellar for less more than 20 years and just forget about it just yeah. do you, do you have then a we opened, uh, do you open have you opened what's the oldest bottle that you you've opened the last uh, the first vintage was 88 okay uh, but we opened uh, in march for a vertical then 94 okay that was uh, and how how did it age uh, very, very, 94, very, very well. 94, 98, 11 was uh, one of the best for the aging potential. So in, in Sardinia, um, is it always warm? Is it like one of the, like California, where it's always sunny in California? Is it always sunny in Sardinia? Do you have bad oh, vintages? No, we have uh, seasons. Okay. Normal seasons. We have a, a, a warm winter, for example. We consider... The, the climate to, to, of today, the end of autumn, before winter. Usually in winter we have from 10 to 12 degrees medium. That's a winter, okay. Yes, for yeah. us. Yeah. I was in Quebec, it was, uh, it was freezing yesterday because it was six, six maybe is the, the coldest day we have uh, in January. Oh, it was six. It was six. Six, yes. In Quebec. Yeah. Oh, that's warm for Quebec. That's summer in Quebec. I know, I know. Yeah. So. It was happy for six. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's um, that's... normal spring and a uh, oh, very hot summer. Very hot summer. From so when do, the, when do the vines start getting to work in the, in the vineyards? When do they come to life? Uh, in uh, March, okay. the beginning of March. We start. So it's a really long yeah, growing yes. season then if you're going from March to yes. an end of September yes. harvest. Yes, we started at the end of August and then we finished at the end of October. Wow. With the late harvest grape. It's a long, long, long time. But, but this is better for us because having a different estates in different parts of Sardinia also have the possibility, the maturation of the grape and ripening is different, you know. If it rain in the north, maybe it doesn't rain in the south, it can save, if you do need to save something. If you have to concentrate in one part, create a problem. And also we can irrigate as different as the other Italian region because it's too hot. So you started in 1938 with uh, three hectares. 
and how many hectares do you have and how many estates do you have? Like how many uh, Yes, uh, hectare in total, 230. That's a, that's a big wow. jump? Yes, yeah. divided in four different uh, the areas. South, when we have Sulcis, Carignano, South, Ovest, Ovest, 40 kilometers to the capital city, to the coast in Trigenta, and then in Serbiana, 20 kilometers to the coast. Perfect. Anything else? No, I think I'm just going to uh, keep enjoying some of this Canada now and live to 103. Live to 103. <laughs> Perfect. I hope to see you in, uh, in Sardinia. I really appreciate that we get a chance to speak to these Italian winemakers, and I really don't mind being uh, thrown under the bus because I'd rather admit that I don't know something than bullshit my way through it. And I, I feel like bit by bit I'm starting to wrap my head around some of these um, Italian wineries and the wines. And I mean, it is a lot to take in with all the varietals that they have that they work with. Uh, But I mean, as I've said, I know I've said it on the podcast and anyone who knows me in real life, I say this all the time. The bottom line is the wines have to taste good. And uh, all six of the wines that we tasted, five of the wines, I I can't even remember how many wines we tasted, but they all tasted good. It's because they all had 14.5% alcohol in them, even the white. And then after that wine tasting, we went and met up with my mother to have a martini at the library bar. Yes, we did. It was a good day. In the the Royal York. That's right. uh, It was a kind of a boozy evening. It was. uh, Our our thanks, of course, to to STEM Wine Group, who who brought uh, Valentina in and uh, allowed us to sit down and, and talk with her. I know they had a busy schedule with her, but, uh, you know, we always appreciate when when somebody will take a good half hour or 45 minutes and sit down and, and talk with us. Well, and if we want to give, if we want to doubly mention it, if you scroll up on the STEM wine groups, Instagram, uh, portions of this interview were previously broadcast and not edited. Yes. That's I was, I was laughing at them myself. Well, so, uh, I guess I think she said it all. She's told us everything we need to know. And so that means, uh, we can get the heck out of here and go and enjoy our uh, rest of our day. I'm Andre Pru from underwinereview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus from michaelpincuswinereview.com. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, leave us a review, tell us what you think. Angry phone calls, blah, blah, blah. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. <laughs>